Hello and welcome to another episode. Again, it's me, myself and I really looking forward to being in your ear and today talking about human well-being, a topic that has come into my life, of course, a long time ago. Um, I'm a psychologist by training, but I didn't know when I studied psychology 20 years ago that I would come full circle and now be in the psychology department at the University of Stirling, working on a PhD in the domain of human well-being, and specifically people like you and I who are working, you know, with animals for the planet, conservation of species, of course, engaging with the public, and all those aspects that come with our work in zoos and aquariums. And of course, in our job, you know, we have a lot of different ideas and feelings about why we want to do this. Why is this meaningful to us? Why, what purpose do we feel we have? And of course we care for, and we care about the animals in our care. I have to say, I miss working, you know, directly with animals a lot, but of course I very much enjoy working with people and organizations. And sometimes I get to work with the animals. Of course, there's a lot around caring for and caring about animals. And often we also have other reasons for choosing this profession that has to do with species conservation, with engaging with the public, doing research, educational activities. There's a lot of different reasons why we choose the job that we're in. And some of it is wonderful and it's really, you know, it makes our hearts sing. It's just something that we enjoy a lot. And some parts of our work are, you know, doesn't really do much either way. They're kind of neutral. And then, of course, there are things in our job that are, that are difficult, uh, that are frustrating, that we even become angry about that we're sad that we're frustrating and, and overwhelmed so there's lots of you know this it's like all these you know human experiences that we have just like you know when we talk about animals and their perceptions and their well-being is of course you know dependent on a lot of different things and that's the same for ours and so understanding you know what does it mean to be in this job how do I care also for myself with all these various joys and sorrows as I've started to call them and also, very importantly, because no self-care can help us, what in what ways do organizations support and help and show up for the people who are in the profession of caring for animals, caring for the visitors, caring for species, the planet, and all the various professions? So in what way so do we do that together, really? The concept, I see you, just as you're going to have another podcast on this, we're going to have also a blog, with, because it comes with a beautiful graphic with lots of keywords and key concepts but it is really about do I see me and do I see you do I see each and every individual and also do I see the organization how do we actually work together come together for a common purpose or for multiple common purposes so that we can together you know be a force for good as an individual and also as an organization this again you know has to do also with systems thinking in what way do we see a zoo is of course an ecosystem of systems system is created when people come together for a shared purpose uh, but
but you can also think about other systems, right? The postal service is a system. You cannot, you know, when you go to a post office, there's specific things that you can do there. It's specific also in sorts of ways that you can predict or at least try to predict as much as possible the types of experiences that you might have. And this, of course, is also important with when we work in an organization or what we do in these organizations, especially also for animals, is that we talk about why are we here? Why are we doing what we're doing, right? What is our why? Which is really, of course, then also going to then dictate in a way what we are how we're going to do that, right? And who is going to do it and and all those other aspects. But we really have to understand why are we doing this in the first place, right? And how do these different, you know, the zoo is an ecosystem of, of systems, right? It's not a stacked Russian doll. It's like different organizations, organizational parts, different departments that have come together to focus on education or the system is created because people come together in serving good food and and, and drinks and, and other aspects to the visitors or people have come together to do the best they can to care for the animals and so on and so on. So there's all these different relationships that have created different purposes. And then, of course, the importance is to look at, okay, so now we have an ecosystem of systems and how do we actually make sure that our purposes align, right? So that's when we are thinking of engaging activities for the visitors, these are also good for the animals. So we don't have animals engaged in programs they don't want to be in or that are not good for their well-being. And also, is this working out for the people who are actually working with the animals or having to care for the animals? And then, of course, are we also doing this in a way that is respectful and caring and sustainable for the planet? So it's this all coming together, really looking at all these various things. And in what way do we support each other? And in what ways do all these systems work together for common purposes. All this is, of course, something that is a continued evolvement, right? We don't for nothing talk about continued personal and professional development, the importance of learning from each other and learning with each other. And, you know, whether it's staying up to date on animal care and welfare, what sort of resources and tools do I have to care for myself? Or does an organization offer in support of their staff? One of the crucial things that I think, and that we of course know very well in animal well-being. There have been hot topics for years. Some of my, you know, first presentations 15 years ago were about choice and about control and about agency. And so when we're talking about people doing good for animals or doing good for the public, doing good for whatever their jobs they're in, of course, we have to continue learning. We all have different backgrounds. We have perhaps also different sorts of, you know, education. But in what way do we sing the same song when it comes to, for example, animal well-being or conservation or public engagement? And in what ways are we also of course, experts. We are experts in our field as we, you know, grow and, and continue our journeys together. And in what way do we allow for lots of space to make decisions, to be empowered, right? So when we work together, it is actually that individuals within a team have the opportunity to organize their day in a way that makes sense, right? That makes sense with regards to the needs of the animals, 
to the to the of course also the needs of the staff different sort of organization in how the work is done what is most important now rather than just following the rules because of following the rules it's really looking at in what way are you respond are you able to respond to the needs and the preferences that you need in for example that you see in the animals so we, do you have enough time and also mandate or freedom to make decisions in what should be happening in that moment in time right also in what ways do you have choice and control and agency to decide what sort of things do you want to learn now i already mentioned it's really important to that we sing the same song which is related to the animals for example with regards to animal care and well-being and assessments and understanding what it is today you know what do in what sort of ways through what sort of lenses are we looking with regards to say the five domain model you know why is this helpful and in what ways is it limiting and do we need to you know complement that with other sorts of models and in what way are we moving forward so of course it's important that there is a way for us to know the same things in one way or another and at the same time of course everybody within their expertise is going to be there to find out what is necessary for example specifically for servals or for the galapagos tortoise you know whoever else you are caring for and of course this is also true for people who are working in education or in any other department in what way does the alignment between management and the technical department ceo advisory board in what way are these alignments that are really about oversight in support of what frontline staff educators animal care people people in restoration people in in the gift shop whatever job you have that is directly related to visitors the animals conservation in situ whatever it might be but in in what ways is that alignment really in support of what we call frontline staff and for me it's this journey of being in a phd and of course hashtag forever student i love learning really looking at in what ways do we really work together so how do we move away from this sort of standard top down thinking for and telling you what to do to a different sort of you know and decision making being at the top and thinking being at the top and and telling you how to do your job which is often based on control and and communication and intelligence and command which of course are all important but not necessarily in this sort of way where we're like making sort of measurements and counting data sheets and so on in what ways do we actually take that to these systems are often called like uh, paper worlds how do we look at what is necessary in the living world in the doing world right and so everybody who is working on the ground with the animals with the visitors this direct interaction you can see them as like intermediate workers so in what way do the organizations support so think of it as perhaps a painter right depending on how good your material is how much time you have how many different colors do you have in what ways can you decide on you know what that should look like you as an intermediate worker in the doing world depending on all those sorts of things your painting what you can create is going to be dependent on what support system you have right so the better the support system and and, and in what ways do organizations understand what it is that the intermediate worker needs 
what does an animal care professional need to really care for the animals well, respond to their needs in the moment that they ask for it or they need it and not next month or in six months or in five years from now. But in what way can you as an animal care uh, professional respond to those needs? And the same, of course, for educators when they're working with school children or with other members of the public. In what ways can you respond and paint, you know, the most? I talked about Metallica in the previous podcasts, looking at what sorts of tools do you have? What sorts of music instruments do you have to make the best music, right? To take the best care of the animal to take the best care of the staff, to take the best care of the planet and whatever else are our purposes. And so how do we move from these sorts of system, paper world, rule-based worlds or systems to going on on the work floor? Not even on the work floor, right? Because then I'm actually using, and this is really important, this is an ongoing journey for anybody in it. And it's definitely one for me because when I say the work floor, I'm also having this top-down sort of image in my mind. But what is happening in the living world what is happening with when you're working with animals when you're working with care staff when you're working conservation and do we do you have what it takes to do the job the best way possible how do we move from this sort of top down where there's a lot of decision making happening without involvement of everybody that it should be involved how do we go through more like a sort of revolving around the objectives together right and how is everybody response and response able right responsible and response able and how is everybody like fired up to want to do this together and and you want to do it because you know that you can right that you have that ability and again it has to do you know we talk about choice and control and empowering animals and empowering an agency and animals of all kinds all the time right that they that they should have choices and they should have almost choices about choices and control over choices and you know the ability to say yes and no and we're doing a lot of this work in this space i believe that we need a lot more of this sort of work happening in the human domain within zoos aquariums sanctuaries and many other places where we care for animals so if we're talking about choice and control and agency and being experts and of course there's going to be rules there's there's a need for protocol, there's a need for assessment, there's a need for assessments of assessments. There is, of course, a need for that. But in what way do we design it that it's meaningful, right? We don't just fill in forms for the sake of filling forms. We don't just fill in records or have rules for the sake of having them. But in what ways, based on trust, based on connection, based on expertise and knowing that we are hashtag forever student, so maybe we don't yet know how to sing the same song, right? Like some of this that I'm talking to you about now is a learning curve for me. I'm going to fail forward in it, I hope, right? So what you hear today might be different and hopefully is different also in time to come because it's just like animal care and well-being. It's dynamic. But in what way are we going to empower people because we trust them, because we are connected, because we talk together, we make decisions together, we are inspired by each other and everybody has different expertise, right? And how do we keep growing our expertise? expertise and our art and science, everything together, right? And that has to do with continuous personal and professional development.
development at an individual level, at a team level, at an organizational level, if we really want people to be fired up. And I can tell you from having traveled six continents, having spoken to lots and lots of people, the messages I get into my inbox, we have over organized over 400 events. And I can tell you there's a lot of positive feedback of people that feel supported by the organization, organizations that feel supported by their staff, and that together do wonderful things together for animals, for peoples, for the greater community of life and the beautiful planet that we share as I always like to talk about, I also hear a lot of stories of frustration and overwhelm and people who are, you know, disenchanted with their work and uh, and they had imagined it to be so different. And they, you know, people who unfortunately experience bullying in either by management or by team members, lots of that there are so many rules, they can't do anything when they come back from seminars, Not nobody is really interested to listen. Change is super difficult. And this is also why a lot of people have left our community and have gone to moved on to other jobs. And I think it's this being comfortable of being uncomfortable, listening to each other. Really, I'm serious about when I say, I see you. I want to be there. I, I'm willing to listen to, and especially when we saying seeing, is to go on location. It's to see that animal in that situation, not being at the optimum. And seeing the animals that are, and seeing you know how we connect with the public, and in what ways we don't really do the maximum to empower them to be actors of change. And so how do we do that together? And of course, there are lots of different topics related to this, whether it's the organizational structure, the culture, in what ways are we co-creators? Are we deciding things together? Are we thinking about things together? To me, what is super exciting right now, I'm learning about, you know, real love in the workplace. And it resonates with me because I want to see people. I want to understand. I want to feel. Everybody wants to feel love, right? Everybody wants to feel that they're seen, that they're heard. What does real love in the workplace look like? You know, when we are respectful, when we're caring, just like we use words like choice and control and being agents and being change makers, being a force for good. A lot of that force has to do with love and peace. In what ways can we infuse that so that people, that everybody feels seen and heard and that we can be co-creators and also understanding in our common humanity and you know what is joyful and what is different between us because we are different you know and also what has happened to us right what sort of effects that has and perhaps how we react to so some of the things that I have experienced in my life have an effect on how I sometimes could react and being aware what we call today about trauma enforced workplaces if you've heard about it maybe there's a lot of work happening around asking the question rather thing what is wrong with you is actually about you know what it ha what happened to you and this is very important work that is being done by Oprah Winfrey for many years together with Dr. Bruce Airy and this is something that I enjoy a lot you know sometimes we want to make things really there's a lot of complexity and we try we use a lot of rules we try and create lots of systems and protocols and processes and lots of rules and rules about rules 
tools to try and make things more understandable, but often they are not meaningful and they're not helpful, right? And so, yes, life is complex and life's complicated and, and there's a lot of things happening. And, and in what ways do we stay grounded in us being human beings that we want to be well and that other animals are beings and that they too want to be well? And of course, how do we care for this planet and everybody on it? So this sort of infusing and combining these different philosophies and different, you know, knowledge and science and humanities and art and music. And this is why sometimes, you know, people's like, like, there's so much going on. And I'm like, yeah, because that is exactly all the colors of life, right? That's all that's, that's the beauty of this. And is it messy? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. It's not necessary. It's simple, perhaps in a way, but it's not easy, right? It's, you have heard that probably also makes it a much more colorful and beautiful. And, and if you like, if we go back to the analogy of the painter, and it could be any analogy, but in what way do we come together as an organization, as a zoos and aquarium, as a wildlife center, as a community, as a neighborhood, as a family to, again, I'm going to come back to how do we make the most beautiful painting? How do we make the most beautiful music? How do we, you know, make the most out of our lives, our families, our community, and of course, also the animals and the beautiful forest that surrounds or the park that is near the house? And how can we really do that in ways that we as individuals and groups and organizations are a force for good? And constantly coming back to why are we doing this? One of the big whys is that everyone and everything is interconnected on this planet. What happens over here, even, you know, going to affect somebody thousands of kilometers away. You know, when we're talking about human well-being, there's, of course, a lot of different topics, individual space and in the organizational space that needs attention. What's the culture like? What sort of dimensions with its occupational dimension, obviously, but also the financial dimension, the intellectual, the environmental. What are all these various dimensions that are implicated when we're thinking thinking about human well-being. And of course, this is also true to a very large extent for other animals. Is it safe? Safety is a treatment, as one of my mentors keeps repeating. Is it safe for us to speak out, speak up, to share our ideas, for us to work together, and including, is it a, a brave space? So I'm very much constantly coming back to what's our why, right? What is our purpose? And in what way do we connect with each other for our shared goals? You know, can we comfortably are sometimes uncomfortably be uncomfortable. It's not about being comfortable. It's about really asking the difficult questions, the hard questions, and the willingness to keep listening and the willingness in the broadest sense of the world to keep seeing, to being connected, obviously with compassion, with kindness. That to me is so crucial and it's so necessary. And a lot of organizations are doing this in various degrees. It's really as a collective to move forward to a space where talk about the empowerment of people, the choice, the control, them as experts in whatever job that you're in and to really, what do you need to continue caring for and caring about animals and caring about all the other things that why you chose to be in this profession? How do we bring more care and respect and love into the workplace so that together we can be a force for good? 